Hey guys. Mm. This is Blackouts and Babies. Blackouts and Babies. Apparently we've not said that for a while. So I had to remember, just say it, just get it out of the way. Mm -hmm. This is Blackouts and Babies. And my name is Shari. And I am Mallory. (laughs) So this episode is part two of Ashley's story. So if you haven't listened, go back and listen to part one, then come back here. Okay, so we'll wait. Go. Okay, so let's start with your favorite things and your bitch. Um, Why don't you go first? Okay, so my favorite (laughs) thing this week is random. So I've been driving the truck more, and it's got, like, satellite radio. And there's this country station on there that just slaps. It gets you every time. Just every song. I don't know. Oh. I'll tell you Thanks. next week. I'm coming with half of the information. <laughs> but I love those. Mel's just having a good time, and she's not going to let anyone else in no. on it. <laughs> no. You know what? Figure it out. Figure out what station it is. Um, but it just plays every single song is badass. It's like 90s country. Crap. So Shenandoah's Church on Cumberland Road. Mm. How long has it been since you heard that puppy? Have you seen the music video? Not for a long time, if I have. It's kind of cute. I love it. That's my favorite thing is, like, good tunes that just, like, takes you back. It, like, takes me back to, like, hiding in the mountains, drinking beer when we're way too young. And being a dumbass (laughs) and having a good time. Or, like, sitting in the back of your dad's truck as, like, a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like, going camping or something. Drinking beer. Yeah. 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 You know. (laughs) And then um, my bitch this week I really hate, like, anything political, and I don't want to go down that road, but I just, like, am so disgusted with the world right now, with our country right now. Mm -hmm. I just, it, it's insane to me that people can't accept other people's opinions and, like, move on with their life. Mm -hmm. Like, people being screamed at, screamed at by strangers and all this other shit. Yeah, it just makes me feel sad. I just Yucky. hate that all this shit is happening. So I guess trying to think of something good that I can do is just keep an open mind and like show people that you don't have to physically attack someone or verbally attack someone if they don't have the same opinion as you. Yeah. It's okay. You you will live another day. They will too. It's fine. And you don't have to try and make them think like you think. Right. And it's, also it's okay screaming at someone does not make them go, please tell me more. Yeah. Tell me more about like a opinion. rational person. Yeah. Let me see. Let exactly. me hear about your opinion. It just makes me sick, all this shit that's going on. And just, no. I am just going to try and do my part and, like, seriously pray for this country. It's insane right now. I know. I do think there is a big majority of people that think the same way. Mm-hmm. But the media only portrays. They even, like, edit comments on things and mm-hmm. take away, so they take away, like, the rational comments. Right. They delete them and put these, like, they even mess with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it makes everyone think that everyone's crazy, when I really think a huge majority of it, people are like us. Yeah. But they don't want you to know that or think that. Yeah, I so agree. Like, and that's why it's, like, turn off the shit mm-hmm. and just go with what you're comfortable with, I think it's, like... yeah. It's hard not to, and I also think, like, celebrities getting on and saying their opinion on shit, and I'm not just talking about coronavirus stuff, I'm, people do, like, look up to them and all this shit, and so they think that it's, like, let's follow them, Mm -hmm. 
like do your research on everything. Yeah, don't just listen to some celebrity. Which mm-hmm. to me, celebrities they're there to entertain us, mm-hmm. sing for us, be in a movie. Yeah, and like if you want to state it. your opinion, just like everything else, but it shouldn't be like I've seen celebrities get on social media and they're like basically threatening. Yeah. Or saying. I've cut people out of my life because they don't have the same opinion as me. Like, that's that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Very mature of you. (laughs) Now, if someone has a a difference of opinion, like, I think it's okay to murder people. And I do not. Maybe that's a difference of opinion. You shouldn't be friends with that person anymore. (laughs) Maybe you should cut that guy out of your life. Yeah, cut that guy. Cut your throat. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I just think it's insane that everything is being portrayed that it's black or white, and mm-hmm. it's not. So. And we talked about it before. I think we're more gray people. Yeah. And I think, they're, like I said, I think there's a ton of gray people, but mm-hmm. they're making it look black and white. Yeah, I agree. We're being brainwashed, folks. Even right now, you're being brainwashed. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Where's my tinfoil? <laughs> we got our tinfoil hats on. Which, by the way, before we go on, before you tell us yours, I just want to paint everyone a picture. I know we've said this before. We are in this sweat lodge which is a tough shed. So I'm trying to get our sound right. And so it just get, keeps getting creepier in here because we're in this small shed where we have like a little lifetime table between us. There's a wood stove in the corner. Beer cans, spiders. The, if you hear voices in the background, those are not ghosts, they are spiders. <laughs> so now today I've decided to hang up blankets to try and soak up some of the sun. Beautiful tapestries. Like yeah. I said. Old dog blankets to be <laughs> exact. So we want to get nice and ripe in here. <laughs> At least it's about as hot today, so we're not like yeah. sweating. Yeah. I mean, I've been sweating all damn day, but yeah, I definitely am not smelling good, but fun worse. I don't have heat stroke. <laughs> so, anyways, I just thought I'd share that because it yeah. gets funnier yeah. every time and reminds me okay. more and more we got to get the airstream done. I know. It's going to be a classy joint once we're up in that bitch. Yeah. For sure. All right. So tell me your favorite and bitch. You got anything? So my favorite thing this week is I told you I've been going to therapy again. Yes. And I went today and it was good. I haven't started like the actual EMDR therapy, yeah. but we're just talking because he yeah. made, I know, well, <laughs> but he made a good point because like I was wanting to like jump right into it because I'm like, I'm done talking about shit. Talked about it, blah, blah, blah my whole life. But he made a good point because he like talks about your lizard brain which is in the back, that just controls your breathing in and out, heartbeats. Your monkey brain, which is in the middle, that's just like thoughts. And then your people brain in the front that is feeling. Ew, that's the worst part. Feeling. Ew, feelings. I know. He said it's important to like get your thinking and your feelings brain connected. He said it's basically your brain, your heart and your heart and your head are those two brains that need to be in sync. So he's trying to get me in touch with my feelings before I do the therapy, which is bullshit, but... (laughs) Which makes sense, though, because, like, if you have an irrational reaction to a feeling... Or if you don't feel your feelings. Mm -hmm. Or if you're, like, feeling sad, but you don't cry, because... That's a big one. (laughs) It's a big one. You've trained yourself not to cry. (laughs) I feel like that. (laughs) Did he say that specifically? Because... He looked into my eyes and basically said that. Yeah, I I said, those those suckers are dry as they come. (laughs) She hasn't cried in years. She's all, hello? (laughs) Nobody in there? Nothing behind those eyes. (laughs) But, yeah, we're making progress, so it's good. It's a good thing. I don't like going to therapy, but I do at the same time. Afterwards, I like it. Like, even the drive home. Because you, like, have a minute to think. Mm-hmm. Let it suck or, like, in. process everything. I just don't like taking time out of my day. And then, and it's hard. Talking about shit is hard. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's just like taking time out of my day to do something really hard. I just don't like doing that. But yeah, it it's needing to happen. So <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> it definitely is. Mm -hmm. What about your bitch? You have a bitch. Um, my bitch or is that is, a bitch too? <laughs> well, kind of ties in. Yeah. Is the uh, year and a half old sleep regressions or any sleep regression with kids? pocket yeah stupid mother nature screwed up on that one yeah why don't they just sleep a solid 12 well i mean he has for over a year so i don't know why he's not doing that anymore because he's testing you mm -hmm. i keep telling you to start spanking him mm -hmm. well he's just trying to see how far he can push me before i get in my car and get on the freeway <laughs> and never come back keep fucking going <laughs> have you tried yelling that in his face yeah i'm never coming back if he laughs at me <laughs> <laughs> he's sick sounds like a little sicko oh so, man yeah. what a shit so yeah there's that it's natural it happens to every kid but i'm like yeah let's get it it doesn't matter if it's natural mother nature mm -hmm. piss off yeah you think you know everything you know shit you don't know nothing mm -mm. Come raise this baby. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Drop him off in the woods and have him raised by wolves. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing he's cute. He's so cute. The only thing. <laughs> so the only thing keeping me here. And he just got a really cute haircut, and I feel like he ages five years each time he gets a haircut. And it makes his cheeks bigger, too. Mm -hmm. It does. <laughs> it really rounds him out. It really looks like he's got something in there. But he never comes close enough to me that I can really get a good pinch on him. No, even if you have a cookie. <laughs> it's an asshole. I'm sorry to say it, but your kid's an asshole. <laughs> like I said, you come on too strong. I know. He's like, if I let her get a hold of me, she's never going to let go. Like, that's what I put off. And I know I need to calm down. Like a, he's like a kid with a new kitten. Yeah. I'm just going to squeeze her. So, like I said, this is Ashley's story part two. We're going to go over some questions with her and just kind of... Finish up. We were gonna say why we bleeped his name out. Yeah, we wanted to talk about that. We wanted to in the last one, but we're space cadets. Yeah, we're special. But we wanted to um, talk about why we beeped out. Name. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> we really thought about it long and hard. Um, whether we wanted to put his name out there or not, and I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Um. Mm -hmm. We talked to an attorney just to see, make sure we weren't doing anything wrong. And technically, we wouldn't be doing anything wrong because we were just saying his first name, whatever. Um, but I think after thinking about it more, we honestly, I don't think his name is important at this point. And we didn't do it for him either. We didn't do it to protect him. Yeah. The number one thing is that we didn't beep his name out to protect him yeah, at all. Because it was basically with that. But yeah, he needs to deal with it. But he his name is not important to the story mm -hmm. because clearly it's not like he's apologetic or uh -uh. is he going to come on here and tell his side of the story? No, it's not. I just don't feel like it's important. And also, on a kinder note, his family didn't have anything to do with this. Yeah. And he does have kids. They don't need to be a part of the story. I yeah. wouldn't want them to go to school and someone say, hey. Yeah, you're the. Yeah. It just, I mean, they are going to find out whether yeah. sooner or later, but it doesn't need to be like that. And it's not their story. It's his. So, yeah, I didn't think that it was important to do it. And mm -hmm. um, I think it was important to let Ashley say his name. because oh, yeah. And not make her try and edit herself while she's talking to right. story. But that's why we did it. And I'm solid on that choice. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I feel really good about that. But we do another trigger warning. We do talk about domestic violence again in this episode. So just... 
if you can't handle it or don't want to take breaks or don't listen to it if it's too much. We will include domestic violence support information in the show notes in this episode too. Again, thanks to Ashley for coming on and talking to us about it. I really think that it's important. And I just wanted to touch really quick on the fact that when Shari posted stuff on social media, would not allow her to share the pictures. like Because you can promote your posts as like a business or whatever. So it reaches more people. It would not allow me to promote it because of the pictures that we had posted, which is bullshit because it's like, but that's what it is. That's what it looks like. Again, being edited by something that people have a hard enough time talking about, I think is crazy. Yeah. But then it's, it's amazing. Like the stuff that Instagram will allow and the stuff they won't allow. Mm-hmm. Like it's so backwards. Tits and ass are fine. Yeah. But someone sharing their, a really difficult story about what actually did happen to them and the pictures of it is not okay. Right. Like it's just, it's bullshit, but yeah, it is what it is. I also wanted to talk about um, sending your stories in to us. If you guys, you know, have anything you want to say about this topic, um, our information will be in the show notes too. Also for October, we're doing like spooky stories, like ghosts and goblins and aliens, Bigfoot. Aliens. Yes. So if you have any stories you want to share that way, send them over. But we'll just get right into this episode then. Dive right in. Have a good one, y'all. Bye. Okay, Okay, so this is part two. If you haven't listened to episode 22, that's part one of this conversation so that you are up to date on what we're talking about. So um, we just want to go through a few questions that we have for Ashley and then also some... I wrote down some facts and stuff that I thought was pretty wild and some information that I came up with. And and you did touch on it, but looking back now, what are the early warning signs? Like, I'm talking even when you guys were in, like, the puppy love stage, mm-hmm. what were some early warning signs? Yeah, and you, you did touch on it how he's like, well, are you going to wear that? Mm-hmm. Right. So if you can embellish a little bit. Of course. And there was actually more like before that. I would say jealousy was the very first thing. We talk about jealousy all the time. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's not cute. It's not romantic. Mm -mm. Not at all. I actually told my current partner, we've been dating nine years, that I don't do jealousy. If you are going to be jealous about someone talking to me at the bar or at a party, I, I can't handle it. We will not do that. So that, that was the first thing after that stuck out to me, even before the things like the pushing and shoving and arguments, jealousy was the number one thing. And I feel like that is a driving force to a lot of abuse too, because I feel like that just has so many layers and it stems so many different things. Right. And jealousy can come out in so many different ways. Like, maybe that night he didn't want you to go to work had something to do with jealousy. Exactly. You know, like... We had been together about four years at that point. It wasn't, you know, it had built from the little jealousy things. Mm -hmm. And I think one of you have said it before about, oh, I have a plan with my girlfriends this weekend, and then last minute it's, oh, but I really want to hang out with you. Sounds Mm -hmm. so sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it does. It sounds... little comment. Yeah, and like I said, our relationship to start was like the movies. We could never be apart. Everything we did, we were together. But we were together doing things he wanted to do. And if I said, oh, I have plans with so-and-so, yeah, that's great. And then the day would come and be like, 
hey, you had a really rough week at work, and wouldn't it just be nice to, like, me and you just watch a movie together? Sure. That sure sounds amazing. Not when you've had plans for a week with your girlfriends. Well, it's a matter of, like, not being blinded by... Because, yeah, that is sweet. That is sweet. But things start to add up. Right. And you have to set your own boundaries, no matter if it is sweet or not. If you want to go out with your friends, go out with your friends. Yeah. And like I said before, like, a healthy version would be like, I've had a tough week. I'd love to spend tonight with you, but let's plan something tomorrow Tomorrow night. Right. You need you this time. Right. Like, that would be the healthy version. You've been planning this with your friends, regardless of who it is. We will do something tomorrow. I'll be here for you when you get home. Right. Or if you need a ride home, call me. Call me. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I knew you guys had talked about that, so I love that. No, it is. And we, we touch on it all the time because jealousy is, like, it masks itself as being a you problem. Someone with a penis, just because we're talking, does not immediately mean they want to take me home. Right. And, and that's the thing, though, is it's like... Even though they, okay, say they want to, that doesn't mean that I'm like, well, okay. let's get it on then. Yeah. yeah. Like, to me, I've never, I've never been able to understand that. And I, I literally heard people say, well, how else are you going to know that they love you? If they're not jealous. Yeah. I've literally heard people say that. And I'm like, my God, I'm so sorry for you. Yeah. Oh, there's no other way he shows you that he loves you. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I mean, sad. because of this relationship, I felt that way. But that's what you, yeah, like, but like that's what they condition you to feel exactly. too. Exactly. That's because I love you. Yeah. So the second thing, again, it falls into the jealousy realm, um, but I didn't notice it as being conniving at the time, but he would check my phone. Like if I go to the restroom and I, I'd come back, he'd be like, oh, I looked at your phone and so-and-so texted you and I texted them back. So you don't need to worry about them talking to you anymore. Oh, so why are you going through my phone? Oh, well, I was just see like a text popped up, and so I just wanted to check it for you. Oh, cool. But then it got to the point because I didn't trust him that I would take my phone everywhere with me, and that mm-hmm. turned into a bigger. And he was mad at you. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's not about what's on there. Like if you are worried about what's on there, then you need to talk to me. Right. Yeah. But if you have to check my phone or you feel like you need to, no, that's my property. That's mine. Like, to me, I don't I don't care if Jake looks through my shit. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing to hide. But he should have to But if he just picked up my phone and I saw him scrolling through my text messages, well, what are you looking for? Yeah. Yeah, there's exactly nothing that. to hide, but that's, uh, that's like a huge... huge well, and they're yeah. looking for something to be mad about. It's not necessarily they know something. It's like what they're going to take from any text, regardless of what it says, they're going to take the bad from it mm-hmm. and not know the whole story or right. whatever. Yeah, like, my phone is an open book. I have nothing, yeah, like, right. nothing to hide, but it's not okay for someone, for your partner to go through your phone. If Bryce needs to look something up on the internet, yeah, here's my phone. Right. You know, like, whatever, but, like... But he's not just going to come he's take not, it and no, do it. No, no, it's no. always still just a, hey, I'm going to, yeah. you know? And it was always, like... When I'd go to cook dinner or go to use the restroom or get in the shower. So it was a sneaky. It was sneaky. It wasn't open like, hey, can I use your phone? It was or, a, it's 8 o'clock. It's time for me and to if go you're, through your phone tonight. Right. <laughs> and if you're with somebody that feels like they need to go through your phone, a partner needs to go, you know what? I'm uncomfortable. I feel like there's something going on. This is why. And I feel like I need to go through your phone. Or you need to have that discussion. Yeah. Well, it's it should, not this sneaky bullshit. If the person you're with 
feels like they need to know something, Mm -hmm. well, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's have a discussion. And then here's my phone. Not, you have to do it in silence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, don't encroach on your privacy. A phone nowadays is almost like a journal, I feel like. A hundred percent. So if your partner found your journal and read your journal, it's the same thing, basically, to me. Like, which is so fucked up. Right, like yeah. You should not be reading it. I think that's why I feel that way, though. That's, like, yeah. such a good analogy. Because it's like, well, also, don't look at my Amazon history. Search history okay? <laughs> don't look what I bought yesterday. And don't look at my Google search Especially during Christmas. Yeah. Gee, dang it. And also because I'm up at 2 a.m. Just Googling and weird shit. How many hours a day episode, does you you should, sleep? Yeah, I don't know. I need to know. How are marshmallows <laughs> made? What's well, a group of cats called? Yeah. It's a clouder. Gross. Gross word. Anyway, I love that you knew that though. Well, I had to Google it yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, so the last thing, and I did mention this in the last episode going through my story, would be like mentioning what I was wearing or how I did my hair, how I did my makeup. It was never a mean comment. It was just like, are you sure you want to wear that? I really like when you wear tennis shoes instead of heels. I really like when you wear your hair in a ponytail instead of down and curled. Little things. Mm -hmm. Not that early on in a relationship that you would catch on to, but little things like that. Like, be you. Like, if if you're a girl who gets made up every single day, you put on heels and a short skirt and whatever, who the fuck cares? If you want your boobs out, put your boobs out. They're your own boobs. If you've got them, by God, put them out. (laughs) You let them out. (laughs) No, I know people that, like, their, their person is like, I don't... I like it better when you don't dye your hair. And it's like, okay, that sounds like, that kind of sounds like I like your natural look. Right. But in reality, the relationship is, I know I don't like your hair other makes people. you feel good mm-hmm. and other people like it too. So I like your natural look. So it's like a very sneaky, very It is. And watch it is. the wording, I feel like. Right. Yeah, watch the wording. And those are the little things that sneak up right at the beginning. Yeah, because they're not going to come at you with all this bullshit at the beginning. They're not going to be a fucking asshole to you right at the beginning. No, it's yeah. going to stay with that little sneak. Yeah. You don't go on your first date and the person say, mm. oh, I have a history of domestic violence. I like to beat my yeah. girlfriends. Yeah, you're not going to stick around for that. They've right. got to condition you. Exactly. Okay, so the next one we have, what are some of the effects that you suffer from today? Like emotional and physical. So I would say like emotionally, and this is... Just me. I am a brick fucking wall. No one comes through. Like, people don't know how I'm feeling when I need to cry or scream or yell or hit a fucking wall. I do that on my terms when I need to. And I get my ass back up and I go back to what I'm doing. No one knows about it because I just don't let it show. I would also say I am so not quick to judge. So many people ask me, was it hard to get back into dating? And it's like, I mean, was it hard? Hell yeah, it was hard. But I know the majority of people aren't out there to hurt. That's a very, that's an, yeah, an amazing mindset. <laughs> and it took a long time for me to start, tra- I don't even say trusting people, start dating again. But deep down, I knew, like, I knew his upbringing. And I knew that is not what most people went through. So I knew I needed to be a bigger person and not assume that everybody was out to hurt me. But after after this, I've started doing background checks on everyone I've dated. Yeah, that's I love that. That's something else that's that I will, that we wanted to touch on is that especially in this day and 
age, I feel like it's smart to do that. It seems extreme coming from our generation, though, doesn't it? Like, I think that's why, but now it's like... Who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, anyone that watches Friends, all, once a cheater, always a cheater. Yeah. Okay, no, I feel like that's the same thing. Once if someone's going to beat their girlfriend, they're going to fucking do it again. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't care. Unless. I don't, I don't care. I, and, and honestly, I did a lot of research on this, and I'm not going to lie, there's not great research saying that people can be rehabilitated from it. However, guys, we say this a lot. Therapy, you sons yeah. of bitches. This, you know why? It's, there's probably not a lot saying that, yeah, okay, so he hit her, but he never hit someone else again. Because nobody's getting help. Like, such a stigma thing, like, guys don't get therapy and all this shit. If you get so enraged that you punch somebody, wouldn't you want to unpack that and, like, yeah. figure out why you're doing it? That's why there's not enough Regardless guys getting of- over it. And it's continuing. This cycle is, like, scary. Children who witness domestic violence are more likely to continue the cycle of abuse by abusing their partner or being in an abusive relationship. So anyone that's listening to this, look at your cute little girl or your cute little boy and picture them getting knocked around or what Ashley's been through. But this is what is scary. So boys who witness domestic violence are twice as likely to abuse their partner or their children as an adult. Mm, That's enough to make you think, let me get the fuck out of here. There's like nothing wrong with getting help. I mean, that's a shitty statistic. And I have statistics too that we can go into or you can go into. Mm -hmm. But the the amount that it happens is insane. Ridiculous. And it's funny because, like, statistics are only what's reported, so it's even more. Even looking just in Utah, one in three women and one in four men have experienced some kind of physical violence wow. from their partner. And you have to remember, that's what's reported. So probably double that. I know we're talking about women right now, and it's definitely not on our side. But there's guys that get beat, too. What do they do? Like, imagine the statistics on their side. People look at us. Well, it's just a girl. She's just It's just a girl that's hitting you. And it's like, no, that doesn't make it okay. I know, like, I know it's a whole different dynamic with men. But it's still not okay. It's still not okay. When Mal first asked me to be on this podcast, I was like, I'm going to go into more of the research I I will tell my story, but I'll tell the watered down, like, what happened story. Then I started getting into it, and it was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do the statistics side. But you start looking into it, and like Mal said, one in three women and one in four men. Everything in my story is man on woman. I know it happens more to men. Men feel that they can't report because it's just a woman. How could she hurt me? But the fact that they're putting hounds on you is you should never put hounds on another person. Whether it's you're a chick on a dude or a dude on a chick or whoever. Like whatever kind of relationship you have. Yeah, so do I let people in? Yes. But I no longer allow someone to be responsible for my emotion. That happened pretty quick between me and is if he was saying that I was having a bad day, I had a bad day. Or if he was saying I did something wrong, it was obviously wrong. So that, you know, and that's something, I don't know if that's little or big. I was letting someone else be in control of me. So physically, and I, I know I went over a little of this in the past episode, but we'll just talk about it again. I only have about 70% use of my left hand. I am covered in scars. 
I will say I've covered most of them, other than my face, <laughs> in tattoos. Do face tattoos. No. Yeah. I love your quarter. I lo- what is that? That's not a quarter sleeve. That's more than a quarter sleeve. It's a half sleeve, and it's my full back. I could show you. Yeah. Oh, you have to I see the back. I love it. I do. Um, so just a peacock, and it had so much meaning to me prior to this, and then getting it, and it did cover those scars. Not that I want those scars hidden, but it does kind of helps to be like that's not a part of me anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't taste or smell. I have a slight bit of taste, slight bit of smell. Cigarette smoke, I can smell. And then tasting things, it's things that are very specific tastes. And I use this a lot, like sour cream. I can taste that. But I can't taste, like, ground beef. Mm-hmm. It's weird. So, what? It's all the COVID people. You're like, you're just being bitches. Yeah. Like, I've had this for years. What makes it hard is I will always have the label of an abuse victim. I hate that. But letting go of the word victim is the hard part because people, that's ex- that's the first thing they say. It's not, Survivor. you survived this mm-hmm. or look at you so fucking true. thriving. Like, look how much better you're mm-hmm. doing. But I, I hate the word victim, but I use it all the time. So it's like, I can't say don't use that word, but if someone's especially 10 years out of their whatever's going on, try and use, like, survivor or not even use that as any... Yeah, like, that doesn't have to be how they're described. I feel like you're right on that. Like, I feel like there's almost a timeline. Yeah. I feel like people need to hear victim in the beginning, like, especially when they're, like, realizing that they are going to be... It happened, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, like, abuse is happening. I think victim needs to be thrown out there where it's, like... I mean, you are and were a victim. Yeah. Was at one point I was a victim. Because mm-hmm. you, you were a victim before this even happened. Like, before the like the, before the, the car incident happened, you were a victim. And I think that's important for people to hear, like, that, that you're a victim. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I feel like you said, like, a period of time goes by and you're not a victim anymore. You're a survivor. You're a thriver. Or I'm Ashley. <clears throat> yeah. Like... I yeah. have a life, you know, like, yeah. let's talk about my shit, but let's not, not focus, focus on, on it. it. But then let's realize I have a whole other life going on that I'm doing so well at because of how low I was. But I guess my point is, like, people that are in the situation now need to realize that they are victims. Right. So they course. can make a choice to move away from it. Yes. Yeah, like, and allow yourself to be a victim. And yes, become, and you become know. a survivor and then become Brittany. Or did yeah. this shit happen? Yes. But I mean, do you want to ask me about it? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. honestly, 10 years ago, could I have done this? Hell no. And if you've been in an abusive relationship, do you have to do something this worldwide? No. Get out and walk into your front yard. You know, get out of your bed. Or how about, like, if you see somebody, like you did, at that restaurant yeah, being talked to, oh, yes. stop and say, say, hey, don't say that shit. Like, the, like I said before, like, the polite, like, it's it's not polite to say, to call someone out. Like, it's, but, so it's not polite to say what you said to that person. No. But, but like I said, fuck polite. Stop being fucking polite. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that hits real hard, especially with... Our generation, uh-huh. we're all in our yeah, 30s. Um, well, you guys are. <laughs> Early and, 20s for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think for our generation, that's how we were raised. And our gen- generation and Utah. 
Mm-hmm. Utah. Utah yes. is so polite, and it's like, yeah, like so well, polite. There's a way to say something. You don't have to be this raging bitch when right. you see something. But stick up for yourself. Yeah, and stick up for other people when you see them. Yeah. I mean, when my shit was going on, gaslighting, it may have been out there. It wasn't something that we knew about. Oh, yeah. No. You didn't, because... know, you didn't know the term. You didn't know the definition. You never heard what it was. And, like, looking back, was I gaslighted every fucking day, mm-hmm. multiple times a day? But did we know what was going on? No, we didn't. Well, um, we don't talk about it. Yeah. So so as much as I hate this generation that just keeps putting a name to everything, getting babied and babied and babied, they still need their asses kicked. But I think it's good to... But they are going to something else. Yeah. And, like, the men of the generation below us, are they still boys or are they men? (laughs) They're little boys. In my They're little boys. (laughs) Going to therapy, I hope... Hope they're seeing it more, and I hope the women that are in their early twenties and late teens are seeing this better than our generation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I a hundred percent do. And the generations all um, above, all us. above us, all yep. the generations above us. Yes. Yep. And and not attacking masculinity in any way. No, no. Because we've talked about this yeah. before. We love masculinity. Love masculinity. But it and like we've said before, it is masculine to, to go get therapy mm-hmm. and to get help. If you can figure your shit out with a therapist, you know what that tells me is you can come home and have a civil conversation with me mm-hmm. about what to and not to do. And, our, and honestly, like therapy might even be a big job for some guys. Right. But we have all, like we were just saying, like gaslighting, we didn't know what that was. We've got all this information at our fingertips. Like if you feel like you need therapy, but you're too proud to go to therapy, there's so much research you can do. Be like, why am I doing all oh, that's why I'm doing this? Or if you've been emotionally abused yourself, do research on that and yeah, learn about it and learn about the effects that it has on you. Like yeah. I, you don't have to per se go to therapy, but there's so much information at our fingertips these days. Even like all the research I've done on narcissistic shit has helped us hugely therapeutic mm-hmm. not necessarily going to therapy but just learning learning knowing what Educa- educating yourself we all know now that there's certain things that are a cycle yes obviously abusing someone is a cycle mm-hmm. sexual abuse is a cycle if you're sexually abused or physically abused it probably happened to that person in some way or another and so, you might go and you might pass that along and to the you're next gonna, yeah so we all know that now so what is the harm in looking up what yeah. are the statistics mm-hmm. of being abused and 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 knowing I'm twice as likely to abuse somebody else if I you know obviously I need help if if that's the situation mm-hmm. right the yeah. education yeah. well and I think you kind of touched on this did you go to therapy then I did I was hesitant on therapy and I was hesitant on therapy because my dad has always been like, oh, the mountains are therapy or like, which is true. Work it out. Like, you don't need to talk to someone about this, which is great. (laughs) What I learned from therapy was I could talk to someone who didn't have my side. They weren't thinking about me. It was, I could say whatever I wanted to say and they told me the truth and it wasn't my mom or dad or best friend friend saying of course Ashley you're yeah, right. like trying to baby you yeah. yeah it was someone from a professional side acknowledging my feelings and saying no you're totally acceptable for feeling that you're unacceptable like you shouldn't feel this that doesn't come from your trauma that comes from something else but it I could say my whole truth and it wasn't like I said my mom or my dad yeah. my brother or my sister party. it was someone who could see it from the outside and say 
you're right here, you're wrong here, this is where the two meet. Cool. Yeah. I love therapy. I still go to therapy. That's awesome. I so, love it. I mean, there are days where I go and I don't want to talk to my therapist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is nice to know, like, don't ever, if you ever feel like, gosh, I wish I could talk to someone, call someone. Mm-hmm. There's always someone willing to talk to you. So I yes. think it's, is it your long-term goal to see a therapist three times a week for the rest of your life? No. I sure as hell hope not. Well, I feel like ther- therapy is supposed to give you the tools to deal with to things on, on your own. Yeah. So it's like not a long-term thing. And like in cycles, I think is great because it's like, okay, well, this is what's going on now in my life. Give me the tools to deal. With- and then you go take some time off. Mm-hmm. And then if you feel the need to go back again. I need, I need different tools now. Right. So. There's a, a different thing happening. But therapy, especially directly after this, if someone's in a situation where they have been in a domestic violence relationship, I would say when you leave that relationship, therapy is great because it will give you insight, the whys and the, the background to it without making you feel like, a piece of shit if you need to go once a week go once a week and then once you get to a point that once a month is good or once every six months that's mm-hmm. you know right. but therapy was great again i know it's not the same for everybody me once i was out of the relationship talking about it was so therapeutic anybody asking me what happened and letting me express exactly what happened was so helpful mm-hmm. so that almost segues a little bit into my next question and this is like obviously no judgment i'm just of course. curious but what made you stay before this happened i think he was the first person i was in love with mm-hmm. so he used the love kind of to mm-hmm. and like yeah. even when i started noticing things and like i said like at the point of the day this happened it had been months before that i was doing things that i didn't think that i needed permission for but i would ask him but i I do it anyway and I, you still have that like fighting spirit in yeah you're like what, you're like <laughs> yeah and I, I love like, it though I, like, I know I'm gonna pay for this it, but I'd rather mm-hmm. I'd rather do what I want to do and then me and you can hash it out later you're like fuck I'm not gonna ask permission every single time like yeah. I'm gonna do my shit well but I, you were still paying for it, it. yeah I mean I was asking permission but if he said no I basically was at a point in my life that I'd say Fuck you. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to come back to you because I love you and we're going to deal with it. And I thought that that's how relationships went. You weren't allowed to go out without having an argument. You weren't allowed to have your hair done. It becomes normal. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. It wasn't overnight. I was like, fuck you. I'm going to do whatever I want. It just kind of over the years was like, you know, I would rather deal with your bullshit. I would rather deal with broken plates and broken walls and whatever has to be broken because I want to have fun. I want my life back. Which, yeah, like I said, I'm so glad you had that fighting spirit and you still. Then to just, like, lay down and and be like, hey, well, whatever you want. Well, and it was hard. Like, it wasn't that I wanted to. I had two or three good friends at that point that luckily weren't part of our group. That would be like, well, you told him you were going out. He said it was okay. Just come. Like, why is it a problem now? And I basically speaking logic to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that kind of segues to my question of, like, is there anything anyone could have said to you at the time that would have woke you up to it? There was nothing specifically that someone could have said that would have made. 
those friends letting me say things that was going on at the time and not necessarily being like, you need to leave him. But they're like, he said, yes, you're coming with us because it's the plan. That is what started that divide because I could be like, and again, a lot of it happened because we weren't living together at the time. So there was about six months before July that we weren't living together. So it was really easier for me to say, I'm doing this. And if he said, no, you're not, I would still do it. Did you know where I live? Yeah. Was I scared he was going to show up at my house every fucking night? But I lived with my parent. You know, I think it would have actually, I know it would have been harder while we were still living together because I didn't leave the house when we were living together. I dropped out of college. I, I finished my degree, but I did it from home. Mm-hmm. And that was before school online yeah. was normal, you know? So it was just one of those things, like definitely leaving the apartment we were in and being in separate places helped a lot. What would you tell somebody now that is in an abusive relationship to help them? Tell someone. Tell someone. Tell anyone. It doesn't matter if it's the friggin' Wendy's drive up driver. Tell someone. It's fucking hard. It will be fucking hard. But once you verbalize that, it's almost like you get that small sense of, hey, I did something that he doesn't know about. Gives you a small sense of hope and a little bit of rebellion because you don't have that. But tell Just getting it out of your mouth. Getting it out. On that note, if someone is telling you they are being abused, let them tell you. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to react. You do not have to say things like, that's not okay. Or just leave. This is not a good place to be in. The person who's telling you these things knows that. And they are coming to you from a spot that is so uncomfortable for them that the second you say that, they are going to go back into their little hidey hole and be like, oh shit, just listen. You don't have to say anything. And I know it's hard to hear shit. Well, yeah, especially when you're like, oh, I have to, like, fix this right now. Like, I have to save this person. But that is the hardest thing. And, like... What can you say, though? Like, I know, like, I know you have to, like, you have to say something. I love you. When you need me, I'm here. My best friend was my rock through this. She would tell me all the time she didn't like But it wasn't, I don't like you should leave. Mm-hmm. I don't like you should X, Y, Z. I don't like but as long as it's part of your life, I will be part of your life as well, regardless of what he's doing or saying. So I could tell her things that were going on. Keep that line of communication open. Exactly. So it wasn't necessarily like, what can you say to them? It's more just, I love you. I'm here. Let them be the one to tell you what's going on mm-hmm. that's you know I wish I that. so wish I had something to say like oh you could say this and it would change it nothing yeah. will well I wonder though even if just like a safe word or some shit like that mm-hmm. like all you have to do is text me that word or call and yell that word to me and I know no. I don't know just I don't know your side that's because I want to like, just yeah, like, like not allow that shit to go on well like but. I remember I was never in an abusive relationship my boyfriend was not abusive he was a good guy but like none of my friends liked him but they didn't tell me that at the time they told me after I broke up with them I feel like if they would have said anything like that to me like I don't like him blah 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 it would have like strengthened my resolve to make it work even harder and pushed you away from them yeah because well why don't you like him 
you know and then i'd be like well now i have to make it work and like that's not even an abusive relationship so like times that by 20. well and it made it hard too luckily like my best friend wasn't part of our whole group you know so i never had to worry about going to a party and like had i said something to whoever it getting said to someone else and then it getting back you know she partied with us all the time but that wasn't her main group. Yeah. yeah. So I think that helped. So I, I yeah. And I think it helps like just still have your own separate people. You know, have someone that's have someone that's neutral or mostly on your side. They can have people that's mostly on their side too. Exactly. But not just mutual friends. Yeah. And like you said, like someone you can tell stuff to that's not going to necessarily make it back into your into the group. So to go back to what we were talking about, tell someone. That's my first thing. That may not be your leaving point, but when you are ready to leave if at all possible, do it in a way where you do not have to go back. And I'm going to throw in a couple statistics here. Leaving is the most dangerous time for someone who's being abused. In Utah, and I think this statistic is from 2014, I didn't relook it up and I should have, but something like 68% of homicides in Utah are on women who are leaving a domestic violent relationship. Wow. Holy shit, 68%. But really, how many times do you hear a news story where it's about like, it? Yeah. Well, this ties into it too. One of the statistics I have is, and this is from 2020. So every year, one in three women who are victims of homicide are murdered by their current or former partner. One in three women that are killed. And typically that happens when the person being abused is leaving. If I can't have you, no one can have you. No one can. Yep. So if you are going to leave, I recommend doing it. Take a sick day. Don't tell your partner. Do it while the other person's at work. And you can always ask for a police escort, especially Mm -hmm. if you have, like, right now, like, ring doorbells and things like that are so common like if you feel like they could see you doing that just get a police escort will that help a whole lot i don't know but it'll help enough that if a police officer's there it should de-escalate the problem but let someone know you're leaving go somewhere that is safe for you and do it at a safe time for you don't make it a big dramatic like i'm leaving i know that sounds like what we all want it to be but just do it kind of Sneak out and then just let it go from there. And then get in touch with your attorney and file divorce papers or whatever you need to do. And I know it's hard with kids and money and things like that, but get out first and worry about the rest later. And a lot of a lot of times too, like especially as women, Mm -hmm. everyone's worried about, you know, I don't want to be too dramatic about everything. It doesn't matter. Getting an attorney, getting a police escort, whatever makes you feel safe is not being dramatic. No, better to be, quote, dramatic than to get hurt really bad. Mm-hmm. Well, look you at know, that like, statistic. What was it in 2020? One in three women. One in three women. Another statistic that I found that was really, I don't know, I thought it was pretty, Yeah, it was pretty wild. Not wild to me because you can understand why, but it said... Women between 20 and 24 are at the greatest risk of experiencing physical violence. And I was thinking about that, and it's like, no shit, because you're, like, falling in love for the first time. Yeah. You're, like you said, the first time. Yeah, you and left, I, so. I, how old, so how old were you? 23. 23. Wow. 
it's crazy because you're falling in love for the first time and you're so susceptible to bullshit and he loves me but he loves me Mm -hmm. you know I mean, not every relationship between 20 and 25 is going to be abusive. Right. But if the parents are still together, watch how they treat each other. If they're not still together, watch how they talk about each other when the other's not around. My mom used to always say, watch how he treats his mom. Yep. And that is like... Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Huge. I think I've gone over this quite a bit. Yeah, I think that was really good. My biggest thing is be there for them. Um, More than likely, they won't have a close friend group, probably won't have a relationship with their family. And I said this earlier, but abuse does not start physical. It is a slow burn. And part of that is the abuser distancing the person from friends and family. Listen and don't judge. I just have this very last thing that I put on here. It says, also, if you are in the same friend group, when the person being abused abused leaves, make sure to cut ties with the abuser. It sucks not knowing who is talking to them behind your back or going somewhere and a friend saying, oh, I was with today and he said whatever. Abuse does not end always in the way mine did. But especially mine, like, if you know it ended that way, why? Oh, my yeah, God, why? Why? You start yeah. clipping people off, and yeah. you did, and you did such a good job, and I feel like you did it in the classiest way, too. I tried. I yeah. mean, I was a dick to some people, but, you know. Which, that's the people who deserved it. That's just fine, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to argue with you on that one. <gasps> so I just had a couple things that I started doing all my research and stuff. And I found this podcast, and we'll link it in the show notes, but it's called I'm a Survivor. And the episodes are like 20 minutes long. They're not like us, where they just ramble on, even though they have nothing else to say, but they just keep talking. This lady, the host, her name's Misty. First of all, she's got a southern accent. So we love that. And she just touches on different topics of domestic violence and abuse and things like that. And she's... So sweet, and I want her to rock me to sleep. Oh. That's basically what I'm saying. I'll have to listen to this podcast. That sounds amazing. I, that is I just like that they're little short things, and yeah. the reason why I liked it, too, is because it's like when someone's lecturing you about something, for me, you got five minutes yeah. of my time before I start looking at the thumb shiny. <laughs> and it's just, she's really sweet and super knowledgeable. Yeah. So that kind of segues a little bit into, I kind of wanted you to talk about, like, your, what's your life like now? You know, like, what are, what are you up to now? How cute is your kid? Well, I mean, the cutest. He is. So hilarious. now. And hilarious. <laughs> <I've heard. laughs> God, he, he, he has my mouth. So that's fine. <laughs> that's a blast. Don't know I'm how sure. much it's come off in the, so far, but he's almost four. I work full-time at a spa. She does my facials. So I'm a master esthetician. I specialize in body waxing, but I do everything from facials to medical facials to chemical pills, microdermabrasions, things like that. She waxes privates. Yeah. Yeah. That's she's right. church. She waxes my private. Yeah. I still get in the curtain when we're waxing privates. This is what I tell people who are coming in to be waxed. Does it hurt? Yeah, it hurts. <sighs> But it's so much better than shaving. It is. And I know Shari's been waxed. It's better than shaving. Yeah. But I have went and got laser. 
and it hurts and it sucks. And I was listening to your listener episode. And this is the one thing I tell people about like laser. It's not permanent. Oh yeah. You got to do touch-ups forever. Yes. You get to a point where you're happy with the results and then do touch-ups from yeah, there. Which I'm totally fine with doing that. But I actually have a lot of clients who are like, I don't want to do more laser touch-ups. And then they come to me to wax. Oh, yeah. I like that. But that's I where like I'm that. at. I, I love my life. I'm in a great spot. Happy for you. Thank you. That's amazing that you can mm-hmm. come out of that and be where you're at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think amazing. a lot of that is just me. And again, I could be in a puddle somewhere and no one would judge me. But that's not my personality. Mm-hmm. So I saw this quote and it said something like, people like that don't prey on weak people. They prey on strong people because you have something that they want. And so they're taking that from you. doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're strong and they want that strength yeah. out of you. So I just wanted to put up the Utah Domestic Violence Coalition website. No, nope, in the show notes. Okay, yeah. so we'll put this in the show notes, but it's udvc.org. What I like about this website is it has like a cool little thing up in the corner that if you're looking at it and your abuser walks into the room, you can press X and it takes you to like a fake news site. So that's, That's oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So that's a great information site. Also, um, the best hotline for domestic violence is 1-800-799-SAFE. And that's 7233. That's going to be your best hotline to call if you're in the middle of something that's not a 911 call. But that's a great place to call to if you're in Utah. If you're not in Utah, look up your state's information. But this goes over, this has so many great resources to get in touch with. So that's just what I want to say. I'll also have to add it in, but that is no, I think what we do a lot for. But it goes over statistics of everything. So And I, I do want to add one more thing. Yeah. And I know someone personally that said if if he would just hit me, I would leave. Where it's like, hey don't don't wait for that Mm -hmm. don't wait for them to hit you like if you you obviously she knows she's being abused but she just is waiting for that physical indicator to leave you know and it's just just don't don't wait for that don't wait to get hit like Mm -hmm. if you're saying those words already you're you know you're not in a good situation just please for the love of god don't don't wait for that to happen my response to that is is did me and have a shitty relationship yeah did he ever hit me before this no and look where i ended up yeah it went from like zero to 60 yeah well maybe like five to six yeah (laughs) but like but it wasn't physical it wasn't i mean pushing and shoving yes but it wasn't grabbing pinning those kind of blocking doors yeah yeah some of those blocks you that's abuse don't wait for someone to hit you because the first time someone hits you you could end up in that had he like I had doctors tell me the reason I lived was because I was unconscious they compared it to a drunk driver getting into an accident you don't tense up so I was unconscious so when I hit the ground I didn't tense I just hit don't let it like I said it was never to that before don't let it get to that before you feel like Because that. it can yeah. escalate so fast. So quickly. Do you, you guys have anything no, else? No, that's, that's all I've got. I have had so many people reach out to me and ask if I would talk to their sister, their friend, their mm. niece, their daughter, 
and I am happy to talk to anyone. This is what is therapy for me. But if that person is not ready to leave, what that's going to do is it's going to push them further away from you. My advice to you is you stay close to them rather than bringing in an outside source. Because what happens is this person doesn't think they can trust me, so they're bringing someone else in. So stay close to them, love them, let them know you are there. I don't need to be that reason. Because if they're not ready to listen or they're not ready to leave, it's not going to happen. What it will do is put a bigger divide between you and them. That's amazing advice. That's really good. Let's do a cheers. I think we should. Ting, ting, ting. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.